Hello, everybody. Happy to be back. This is the UFP show that talks about the NXT show. It's CD, Danny Mac, bringing you episode 83 of the Undisputed Future Podcast. Guys, thank you so much for joining me again. I am way later in delivering this episode than anticipated. It is Monday morning. It is April 22nd, and... I'm honestly surprised that I have time on a Monday morning to put together a podcast, but just to keep a long story short, uh, you make plans, and the universe has other plans for you, especially especially career-wise. So I kind of fell into a post-takeover, post-WrestleMania slump as far as the personal life goes, and that just kind of, it just takes you out of commission, and the motivation goes down, and you're not sure if you're going to be able to deliver your best work, and it's just an adversity in life that everybody faces, and that I'm sure is not a totally unrelatable scenario. So, thank you for joining me again. This is episode 83, and being able to do episode 83 about a review with the biggest takeover to date, being TakeOver New York WrestleMania weekend, it kind of lines up for me personally because I grew up a huge fan of WCW. And WCW, with their 83-week reign over the WWE and the now great podcast put together by Conrad Thompson and Eric Bischoff, also called 83 Weeks, it just it just kind of lined up in the stars for me and I kind of just put everything together so that it would line up that way all things considered, and I really wanted this to be a much sooner episode. I wanted to deliver it to you guys pretty much as soon as I walked out of the Barclays Center, because what an environment TakeOver New York was. What a... We all experience diverse crowds, WrestleMania, but being able to take that same atmosphere and environment and enthusiasm and throwing it into such a landmark TakeOver event, it was really a big deal not just for me, but for wrestling fans everywhere. So it was really a pleasure to be around there. I'd like to apologize to anybody. I personally may have interrupted the show with my seating chart um, false directions and where I was sitting and just a a whole bunch of things got messed up as far as that is concerned. But if you did take a business card from me, TakeOver Weekend, WrestleMania Weekend, thank you so much for supporting the show and... Happy to have you on for your first listen. I'm I'm assuming if you've gone back and checked out my previous content, I appreciate that even more. And if you checked out my interview with founding member of Sanity, Sawyer Fulton, I appreciate that even more, especially considering what we now know about the faction of Sanity. Lots of things to talk about in the world of WWE and NXT, WrestleMania from MetLife Stadium, an absolute thrill, really really delivering on what the fans wanted and what sent us home happy. It was just such a long damn show, and I'm not going to bring up the lighting issue with Randy Orton and AJ Styles more than it needs to be discussed. So WrestleMania was epic. Let's talk TakeOver. TakeOver New York. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 5, if you want to argue semantics about it. The fifth TakeOver brought to us from the Barclays Center, and the sixth one I have been privileged enough to attend. What a stacked card this was. We can break it down from top to bottom. It's kind of old news, kind of sucked up in the moment. 
not really having the same note-taking as I did. I kind of felt like a nerd sitting there in the crowd and after every match, jumping on my phone and jotting down all the stats and takes I would need to deliver this podcast episode. Starting things off though, taking a quick look at the TakeOver New York card, I do want to get to the fallout from Brooklyn, but let's, actually, let's start with the, let's start with the pre-show, post-show, and I want to go in order from the things that I saw. Now, if you listened to the show before, this is what I call the week of NXT that takes place after the Saturday of a TakeOver, but is filmed before the TakeOver event itself starts. But as far as canonically and what series it belongs in, these are all results that will drive the post-takeover scenario. We had the Street Profits taking on the European Union, made up of Fabian Eichner and Marcel Bartel in a lens, really shaping match for the tag team division, which tag team wrestling right now is hot from company to company. I cannot wait to see where the future of tag team wrestling Holds, But the Street Profits able to deliver and pick up a victory over the talented Eichner and Bartel while doing so representing Harlem Heat in New York the day right before they would be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame. So I took that really, really small bit into some massive appreciation. So shout out to Montez. Shout out to Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins for representing the now Hall of Fame tag team of Booker T and Stevie Ray. Really, really appreciate uh, attire tributes when they make sense and having such another major tag team play out and being able to represent Harlem Heat in the heart of New York, that, uh, that really struck a chord with me. We also had women's division action with Candice LeRae picking up a win over Aaliyah, the bad and bougie duo of Aaliyah and Vanessa Bourne seem to be taking umbrage with Candice LeRae as of late, and this rivalry seems to be one that will continue in the coming weeks, because the week after, not the week after, not directly the week after, but the, Feb- the April 24th edition, that being this coming week of NXT television, will feature Candice LeRae picking a partner of her choosing to take on Aaliyah and Bourne. Now, can Aaliyah and Bourne build on their tag team momentum and pick up a win over somebody who is not used to women's division tag team action in NXT? If you paid attention to the independent scene, which is where I first started discovering and doing my own personal research on Candice LeRae, I'm familiar with her intergender tag team with Joey Ryan, Kind of entertained by it. I'll leave my Joey Ryan opinions aside for now. But Candice LeRae has some experience in the world of tag team wrestling. So I can't wait to see who she chooses as her partner to take on Aaliyah and Bourne. And closing things out of the pre-show, post-show tapings, we had Jackson Riker picking up a victory over Danny Burch. Danny Burch looking to avenge his partner in one-two punch. Oni Lorcan, now a staple on the 205 Live brand as it seems, but Danny Burch would not let the assault by the Forgotten Sons and the dominant victory that Riker also holds over Lorcan go unsettled. Burch, able to deliver his bald British bruising style towards Jackson Riker, but the Forgotten Sons monster would not allow a second victory. Jackson Riker would pick up another win 
over the second half of the one-two punch. And the Forgotten Sons, victory in Brooklyn for Riker, making it to the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals. Say what you want about the state of stables in pro wrestling right now, but the Forgotten Sons seem to be building a little bit more momentum, at least laying a foundation for them to stand on and drive future success. Wesley Blake, a former NXT Tag Team Champion. Steve Cutler, a man who has been making his way through the ranks on NXT television for some time. Also a former Marine. Lacey Evans, a former Marine, finding some success of her own. Will Cutler find a similar parallel? I have no idea. He's not blonde, and I'm not sure if he can do a moonsault, but that's just a comparison I'm making for myself. And Jackson Riker, the big man formerly known as Gunner, firing on all cylinders as of late with his powerhouse singles victory. The slight adjustment from that sloppy slingshot powerbomb to a chokeslam setup spinebuster, I really think just adjusting that finisher and changing that up can really make a major statement in his competitive status moving forward. So I got faith in what Riker can bring as a monster on NXT now that Lars Sullivan has found his place up on SmackDown Live. Also going to get to some brief Superstar Shake-Up stuff a little bit later on, but I do want to cover that primarily next episode when we know that all the ducks are in a row and all of these things seem to be finalized because just based on what I'm reading for Raw later on this evening and what SmackDown Live is going to bring possibly tomorrow night, there's a lot still going on with the Shake-Up. You don't know where superstars are going to end up. Former NXT champions and talents and also current NXT talents that might find themselves on a brand new home. So that about wraps things up for the pre-show, post-show. Jumping into TakeOver, I'm not going to get into the name changes right now. The War Raiders. War. 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 I'm just going to keep saying the word because I know how badly WWE doesn't want us to. The War Raiding Viking Experience Raiders. Hanson and Rowe. Hanson and Rowe versus Ricochet and Black. When you know the NXT Tag Team Championship match is kicking things off for the evening, and generally speaking, TakeOver, it generally does. It just finds its way at the top of the card, bottom of the card, bottom of the card? Forgetting how you structure it, the top of the show, kicking off the show, you know it's going to be a great match. It's going to be one of those follow that sort of attempts from superstars to superstars. And I got to tell you, Ricochet and Black, an unexpected tag team tandem, how they work together this long, why I enjoy this so much out of something so incredibly unexpected. Dusty Rhodes, tag team classic winners, taking on Hanson and Rowe, the war Viking raiding experience. Dominant force in the tag team division as it is. This match delivered on all fronts. Just a high shot of adrenaline into the arm of the NXT fans. This match had the strength of the Vikings. It had the speed of Ricochet. It had the tactical striking ability of Aleister Black. All of these things were able to be on display while displaying some awesome tag team chemistry on both sides. Great match. Incredible start to this WrestleMania weekend. The War Raiders did retain their NXT Tag Team Championships. And Ricochet and Black appeared 
to be continuing their tag team reign on the main roster, but who knows what future superstar shakeup consequences, for lack of a better term, are going to come of this tag team. I don't want to see anybody turn on the other one or Aleister Black heel turn or the unexpected ricochet sort of heel turn. No. Let these two guys have an amicable split. Let them display their mutual respect for one another. If they end up on separate brands due to the shakeup, that's even better. Just give them a small nod or a handshake or a thank you segment and let that be the end of it. These two guys are destined for great singles careers on their own. Despite the fact how great they gelled as a tag team, Aleister Black and Ricochet are meant to be singles standout competitors, and I personally cannot wait to see where that side of their careers land. Moving on, though, North American Championship, Matt Riddle versus the CHAMP, the Velveteen D-R-E-A-M. This match had the greatest presentation, I feel, all weekend. Matt Riddle walks into the arena, you're immediately drawn. It's the attitude, it's the theme music, it's everything that Matt Riddle is able to bring to the table as a personality, even without stepping between the ropes. And we know how we know how this guy is the real deal. Mixed martial arts background, talented striker, a submission specialist. Riddle is a real deal competitor. Do not let that low-key, laid-back attitude fool anybody. Laid back, right to over the top as far as these entrances go. Velveteen Dream pulling out all the stops with a Macho Man Statue of Liberty tribute entrance. I thought it stole the weekend. This is including the Demon Finn Bauer coming out of WrestleMania. I thought this was the best entrance done all weekend. I thought it was great. I could spend all this show just talking about the atmosphere in the Barclays Center when these men made their entrances and how immediately all eyes are drawn to the Velveteen Dream and how all the cameras come up and all the videos that nobody's ever going to watch get recorded. It was great. It was such an amazing presentation and a great tribute to one of the all-time best. And that's without talking about the match. The chemistry that Dream and Riddle had was great. I thought this match delivered. It really showed the importance of the North American Championship. The R-E-I-G-N of the C-H-A-M-P D-R-E-A-M would continue though. Matt Riddle just dropping his guard for a brief couple, a brief trio of seconds, allowing Velveteen Dream to pick up the 1-2-3. But both these men drove themselves to the absolute limit showing why they are not just major players in NXT, but why these two can be the future of the entire professional wrestling business. Matt Riddle is a future main eventer. Velveteen Dream, we know he has the it factor and has he has no ceiling on how far he can go. Well, that's all dependent on... Uh, the corporate side, and all the backstage nonsense that I'm just not going to get into. This is a fan-driven podcast with fan-driven opinions. Not, I've never claimed to be a journalist or an insider, and I'm not going to start now. Dream versus Riddle. Incredible match. Dream gets to continue that title reign. Matt Riddle 
featured in his first singles loss on NXT, not counting the Fatal Five Way. One-on-one singles defeat. This is Matt Riddle's first one. Could not have come in a better situation if it was going to happen at all. Dream continues his stellar reign as North American champion. I really feel like he's the guy who's going to bring and display the value that all that championship is going to hold. And a man who has brought the quintessential value to a championship is Pete Dunne, the Bruiserweight, 685 days as WWE United Kingdom champion. Starting at NXT TakeOver Chicago 1 in an absolute clinic against Tyler Bate. Each title defense Pete Dunne has delivered has displayed more grit and more aggression and more tactility on bigger opponents. Unfortunately, it could not stop the massive ring general, the Austrian known as Walter. This match in the arena, you could hear each and every chop. And you could feel each and every chop that Pete Dunne was receiving just sitting in the crowd. Just the piercing sound that these strikes would deliver. Just every bit of aggression that Walter was laying out into Dunn. You could feel it in the crowd. You could see the pain on Dunn's face. And you could understand it from wherever you were sitting. And that includes those who were sitting at home. What a great match. Hard hitting on all fronts. Really true to the European style. This is a match that European wrestling fans have anticipated I'm not as caught up on NXT UK as I should be, but I did watch enough to know that Walter can deliver. He's an undefeated and forced to be reckoned with in the NXT universe. That goes across both brands. Walter versus Cassius Ono had a very hard-hitting affair of themselves. Cassius Ono suffering another loss in that. What else is new? Walter's a real deal, though. Walter just outpowering Dunn just pushing the bruiserweight to his absolute limits, but it really came down to a massive diving splash that just crushed Pete Dunne's continuing title hopes. And 685 days for a title reign. I don't really know where he goes from here. I don't know what else there is for Pete Dunne to do on the NXT UK brand. The whole brand was built around this title reign. It elevated the start of the NXT UK division. Now I feel like it can be safely in other superstars' hands. I don't think there is much more to do for Pete Dunne other than to make the jump to a Raw or a SmackDown. But I could be wrong. I could be. This this could all build towards Pete Dunne not only wanting to be the longest reigning United Kingdom champion, but also the first ever two-time United Kingdom champion. There's a lot in play for Pete Dunne right now. He's a major player in not just NXT, NXT UK, but WWE. He's the longest reigning champion of the modern era, and that counts the famous CM Punk title reign. That counts Brock Lesnar as universal champion. Pete Dunne is one of the most highly praised and well-deservingly so champions of the modern era, and I could really only hope for bigger, and I don't know how they get better, 
but possibly bigger and better things for the Bruiserweight. Cannot wait to see where this saga continues on NXT UK. And something else that will unexpectedly continue in my book is Shayna Baszler's second reign as NXT Women's Champion. Shayna Baszler able to walk out successfully with the NXT Women's Championship still around her shoulder, facing Io Shirai, Kyrie Sane, and Bianca Belair. And honestly, guys, my predictions for this takeover were pretty on point, with the exception of this match. What a wrench this threw into my mind. Shayna Baszler able to walk away successfully with that title, despite having three other competitors in the ring with her? It really shows the aggression of the NXT Women's Champion, the unrelenting Kira Fuda clutch that was locked on Bianca Belair, but the resilience that Bianca Belair also brought herself. Major, major big deal, in my opinion. Bianca Belair displaying that fighting spirit, but Shayna Baszler just displaying this absolute ruthlessness despite being up against three of the best women's competitors this division has arguably ever seen. I could think maybe Asuka, Ember Moon, peak Bailey, peak Sasha Banks, peak Charlotte, peak Becky Lynch, all considering in NXT, but Shayna Baszler might be the most aggressive champion we have seen since that over 500-day reign by the Empress of Tomorrow, Asuka. Shayna Baszler just continuing this reign of dominance, and honestly, I thought there could have been a way where Shayna sneaks out of NXT unscathed, not getting pinned, Bianca Belair pinning Io Shirai, winning the championship, forcing Io to climb up from the bottom and sort of in an underdog story with a different side of the NXT women's division against a different side of a bigger opponent. I thought Shayna Baszler would find her way up to Raw or SmackDown sooner rather than later, but she seems dead set on controlling that NXT women's locker room. And anybody who wants to step up next has quite the tall task ahead of her. Can never forget about Jessamyn Duke and Marina Shafir on the outside. Can't forget about that major force. I'll get to a lot of women's discussion later on. The women did close out the April 17th edition of NXT in a big way. And I'll get to that just a little bit later on. Gotta contribute a chunk of this show to discuss this two out of three falls match for the NXT championship, Adam Cole, baby, and Johnny Gargano. I don't think I can say much more about this match that hasn't already been said because it absolutely blew the roof off the Barclays Center. It made everybody in the arena's heart rate triple, quadruple, five-time You ever get so stressed out watching a professional wrestling match in the best possible way? That's what I was going through watching Gargano and Cole absolutely tear the roof off the Barclays Center. Adam Cole vowing that he would continue his success and positive history in the Barclays Center. But Johnny Gargano vowing that this series and this saga would finally conclude with him becoming NXT champion. I could sit here and harp how it would not be the takeover ending that we expected and this is not where this series should have ended, but that cruel mistress known as reality did get in the way 
Tommaso Ciampa unable to continue his duties as champion due to some serious neck surgery. Johnny Gargano right there to pick up the reins for his former DIY brethren, able to walk out of TakeOver with a victory in this 2 out of 3 falls match, brought to us by two submissions. Cole could Cargan not escape the Gargano escape twice, and you could feel it in this arena. The near falls, the interference by the rest of Undisputed Era. You thought that Johnny Gargano's underdog tasks would just mount up and close in on him, and that all of the obstacles would continue to be in his way. But Johnny Gargano, the true fighting spirit of Johnny Wrestling, was the drive he needed to now be able to call himself Johnny Champion. Great match. Unbelievable storytelling. Cole threw all of the dastardly deeds and obstacles in Gargano's way that he possibly could. And the Undisputed Era was no match for the dreams of Johnny Gargano. Gargano had the tunnel vision on for this match. He saw that NXT Championship in front of him. And not one, not two, not three, not four men would stand in his way from achieving this goal. Gargano is now NXT Champion. Candice LeRae able to celebrate with him. Fan of this show and host of another podcast. My good buddy, also fellow Staten Islander Nick. Major part of the Gargano celebration. Major moment for a fan that I respect also. And another major swerve in the celebrations. We would see former NXT champion Tommaso Ciampa celebrate with his DIY brethren. And it it really, it, it's a bittersweet feeling seeing Ciampa and Gargano on the same page at the end of this one. Because you knew it was supposed to be those two out there tearing the roof off the place. And giving us these heart palpitations that the Undisputed Era and Gargano gave us. But it was a great match. I'm more than happy to see the mutual respect at the end of these things. Because when push comes to shove, they're all people. And they're all going to be proud of each other's professional accomplishments. Gargano is going to keep Goldie warm for a while. What Tommaso Ciampa is going to do upon returning. I feel like, especially all things backstage and the videos. If you haven't seen the backstage coverage and the... I guess, road to recovery, for lack of a better term, that Tommaso Ciampa has gone through, go check it out on YouTube. Go check it out on WWE's video platforms. Because what a touching tale the Blackheart really has. And it's hard to sit here and call him the Blackheart. Tommy Entertainment. Can he come back? Can he come back in the same capacity as a heel? After all of this stuff, I don't think so. I don't know where the realm of heat and kayfabe and all that stuff is going to lie upon his return but I want to see another match I guess more similar to their cruiserweight classic competition and just a match built on mutual respect and wanting to prove that they are the better man and I could really see a match like that being played out for the NXT championship rather than this attack and aggression and all of this hostility that has been brought to the Gargano Champa DIY saga as rivals. I could see this next meeting between these two being more of one built on mutual respect 
rather than, I'm going to ruin your life because I can, and this is my moment. But for this point in time, and where DIY lays at this very moment, that feeling at the top of the entrance ramp in the Barclays Center, that was not Johnny's, that was not Tommaso's moment, that was their moment, this is our moment as a tag team, and this is exactly what DIY wanted to bring to the NXT universe, and it delivered on all emotions. I could not have been happier to see Gargano become champion. I could not be more anticipating Tommaso Ciampa's hopeful return to professional wrestling, and we just need to see where the road to the next NXT champion lies. And the Undisputed Era will make it known that it will continue to go through them. And I'll get to that in a matter of moments. I want to switch gears. I want to jump right into the April 17th edition of NXT TV. This is what I officially consider to be the Brooklyn Fallout because those aforementioned matches with the Street Profits European Union, Candice versus Aaliyah, Riker versus Birch, they participated in the Barclays Center. It all culminated from the same venue. It does technically count as what happens afterwards, but storyline-wise, the fresh road to the next takeover, we have this sweet little period where we will see championship matches on NXT television between now and the next Big Four pay-per-view and the next TakeOver weekend. We will see high-profile matches on NXT television. However, those three aren't exactly it. That episode is primarily built on TakeOver Recap, April 17th. This is where the next road to the TakeOver begins. This is where that sweet spot of NXT television will be found. And this is where you need to watch what will happen on NXT television. Because we already have a tag team. We already had a major championship match this week. Buddy Murphy, before making the jump to SmackDown Live full-time in the Superstar Shakeup, took on the Velveteen Dream for the North American Championship. But Danny, why would these two lock up for the North American Championship? Well, Buddy Murphy lost his Cruiserweight Championship at WrestleMania on the kickoff show against Tony East, Long Island's own. Shout-out to another hometown guy getting a title rather than losing their title opportunities. Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder's Tag Team Champs, Tony Nese, Cruiserweight champ, just unexpected hometown victories for for all three of those gentlemen. So Buddy Murphy loses, and Dream has something to say about it. Buddy Murphy calls him out on his smack talk, and Dream proving that he is a fighting C-H-A-M-P. And what a fun match to break us out of the TakeOver build, and to bring us into this period of NXT TV. Because Buddy Murphy and Velveteen Dream delivered on all fronts in this match. I thought it was fun. I thought it was hard-hitting. I really thought it was exciting. Double downs, almost double countouts. Velveteen Dream proving that he wanted to win and continue this impressive title reign. Buddy Murphy trying to take a new piece of hardware on his new brand with him. And this is kind of one of those unexpected rivalries I really wanted to, to continue. I... Not necessarily saying that Buddy Murphy should be on NXT full-time, but definitely more of the integration of the 205 Live NXT UK 
NXT North American rosters, I feel like the Worlds Collide tournament style can be attributed to all three of these brands as sort of a full-time guideline or full-time policy, rather, on, on these brands. Because all of these guys meshing with each other and delivering on all fronts and the crazy clashes of styles that we're able to see, like the unstoppable juggernaut known as Buddy Murphy and the charismatic sartorial superstar of the Velveteen Dream. I really think it's an interesting format. I think it's working. I think that it provides some really interesting matchups to collaborate all three of these rosters, and it could really make championships perceived to have higher value. If you're making the crossover from 205 Live, before you make the jump to a quote-unquote main roster show like SmackDown Live, and you want to make this pit stop in NXT to fight for the North American Championship, if I'm watching as a fan, I'm thinking to myself, the North American title is a big deal if guys want to come over before they make the jump to a major brand to fight for. And a major fight for this title did unfold, but Dream with a Dream Valley driver to the Purple Rainmaker, the Perp, Hits your chest, and it's all over from there. A successful title defense, again, for the Velveteen Dream, but not due to a lack of effort by Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy on SmackDown Live is going to provide some reoccurring history with Mustafa Ali. It's going to open up some more opportunity for him and some new matchups right away. Right away, I'm thinking to myself, I want to see Xavier Woods versus Buddy Murphy. I'm not exactly why. That's my first perceived competitor for him. It could be the way that they're built. It could be the fact that trying to throw Xavier Woods on 205 Live, I would be thinking, no way is that possible. The same way I thought the entire run for Buddy Murphy, that there's no way that he's of 205 pounds. My father and I would always refer to 250 Live when we would see Buddy Murphy on screen. So I think that the shakeup and the mix of matches that can come, and I really like the fact that 205 Live competitors can make the jump to different brands now in the shakeup. I am all for these different combinations of matchups and these new doors opening for various superstars. And one particular door that was not opened for him, but was kicked down and destiny revealed, is Johnny Gargano. Johnny Gargano entering Full Sail University as NXT Champion, a sight that many in Florida never expected to see, a sight that many fans watching NXT television never expected to see. Johnny Champion is now come full circle. The first ever Triple Crown Champion in NXT history. NXT Tag Team Champion. The NXT North American Champion. And the NXT World Championship have all had a place on Johnny Gargano's resume. And yes, the NXT Championship is a world title. And I'm going to tell you why. Finn Balor won the NXT Championship in a little event called the Beast in the East against Kevin Owens. That event took place in Japan. Finn Balor won the title in Japan and Kevin Owens was defending it in Japan. 
That's country number one. Country number two, NXT TakeOver London, Samoa Joe versus Finn Balor in another match where the NXT Championship was defended. Country number two, I'm not even going to get into the countless times that it has been defended on North American soil. So that's continent number three, and that's that's about it. That's about all I have to say about that. That's possibly countries number three and four, maybe even five. I'm not sure what NXT's live event circuit might be on uh, on on or in Mexico, but uh, it might be featured there too. But NXT Takeover Toronto, NXT Takeover insert city name here. Uh, yeah. The NXT Championship is a world title, and if you want to debate me on it, at podcast underscore UF is the Twitter. Feel free to reach out to me with your feelings on that. Anyway, Johnny Gargano celebrating as champion, going through his pitfalls, going through all the adversity that has faced him, not just in his NXT career, but getting to NXT, getting that rejection letter, and facing so much adversity in his scratching and clawing to get to WWE. And now he is at the very top of the brand that once didn't want to accept him. And that is a beautiful culmination of a story. On the flip side of that, we have a quadruplet of gentlemen who are not used to be tell who are not used at all to be getting told no, and that is the undisputed era. Adam Cole Kyle O'Reilly, Bobby Fish would soon make their feelings known as to how they feel about the newly crowned champion. Adam Cole is vowing the whole match as a fluke, stating that in any other championship match scenario, Adam Cole is the uncrowned NXT champion. I beat you first. I pinned you first. This should not have continued. But it was a continuation. This match was to settle a vacated championship. Whoever was getting the reins of NXT next really had to prove themselves, and getting two decisive victories out of three, as opposed to just one standard matchup, really really laid the groundwork for the transitioning of champion to champion. So Adam Cole does make a strong case, saying in regular singles competition, he would be NXT champion. So Undisputed Era's eyes are not quite off the prize yet. Let's go back a little bit earlier in this year. Adam Cole making a scathing promise to all NXT competitors that the Undisputed Era will be draped in championship gold by the end of this year. Will it start with Adam Cole gaining the NXT championship? Will it start with Adam Cole becoming the first ever two-time North American champion as he has expressed his interest in doing a little bit earlier on before this uh, before this unfortunate injury situation with Tommaso Ciampa and it was whittled down to Riddle versus Dream competing for that title? Cole has his eyes on both of those championships. Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly want to make their names known in the tag team division once again. Shout out to Roderick Strong filling in though. I really enjoyed Kyle O'Reilly and Roddy's chemistry as a tag team. But Red Dragon wanting to become multiple time NXT tag team champions in their own right again. Moving on from the first ever two time to the second ever two time to the first ever three time NXT tag team champions. And Roderick Strong 
can go seamlessly into the NXT Championship or become that new ambassador for the Undisputed Era in the North American Championship race. Really, all the blocks can fall into place for the Undisputed Era to be draped in gold, but right now, the Undisputed Era has their eyes set on Johnny Champion. It all coming face and head-on with a blindsiding knee strike by Roderick Strong. Remember how I just introduced the Undisputed Era without mentioning Roddy's name? Roddy was not at the top of the entrance ramp. Roddy was jumping out of the crowd in full sail to blindside Gargano with a vicious knee strike. The beatdown would continue, and Gargano's first night in full sail as champion, obviously not ending on the high note that he would have liked it to. But this did confirm something by Mr. Regal, and William Regal brings us next week on the April 24th edition of NXT. We will see Roderick Strong take on the new NXT champion, Johnny Gargano. I thought it was a great segment. I love the continuation of this feud. I really didn't feel like Adam Cole versus Gargano was a one-off. These guys have much chemistry and a lot to deliver in future matchups. I can't wait to see the Messiah of the Brackbreaker take on Johnny Champion as well. I love heel Roderick Strong. I'm a big fan of where things have gone with him since joining the Undisputed Era. Really filling in that role, like I mentioned before, in the tag team front for Bobby Fish, teaming with Kyle O'Reilly. Nearly a seamless transition as far as I'm concerned. So that's a highly anticipated main event matchup next week. A matchup that... uh, Kind of unexpected, and I looked down at my phone to write down his competitor's name, and by the time that happens, the match was already over. I'm talking about Dominic Dijakovic taking on Aaron Fry with a seamlessly quick win, 1-2-3, over after a Cyclone major boot, I'm assuming, just based on the impact. We didn't get a replay. We didn't get much. I looked down. I looked up. The match was over. I see the referee's hand hit for a three. The important at the end of this for Dijak was his sights are now also on the North American Championship, calling out Velveteen Dream by name in a post-match promo. I'm not really sure where this all went wrong here, Team NXT. I really hope it's not an injury for one side or the other, but I'm... I've been reading that Keith Lee did suffer an injury back in March. I'm assuming it was the March set of tapings, right before the April set of tapings, where Dijakovic and Keith Lee were supposed to meet one-on-one again to settle their double countouts and the performance center confrontations that they had each visited against each other. But um, unfortunately, reality strikes and things change. So Dijakovic is perceived right now to be built for Velveteen Dream's next opponent for the North American title. And I really figure I really hope he figures out a way to deliver his message in a less less bigoted sort of form. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna get into any backstage or reported drama, but watch what you tweet. That doesn't just go for professional athletes, that goes for everybody. If you don't want what you express and feel to be displayed on the front page of a newspaper or a headline for an article, think twice before you hit that send button. Think twice before you hit that enter key. Just throwing my own 
personal thoughts on social media out there, and I'll get to my own social media plugs at the end of the episode. But let's revisit a major rivalry in the NXT Women's Division. I'm talking about Shayna Baszler versus Kyrie Sane going one-on-one once again for the NXT Women's Championship. Kyrie and Shayna Baszler have a long-standing rivalry in this division, going all the way back to the first-ever Mae Young Classic Finals where Kyrie Sane was victorious. Shayna Baszler has a couple wins of her own against Kyrie. Kyrie Sane dethroning Shayna Baszler. Kyrie Sane losing to Shayna Baszler. Shayna getting her title right back. There's been so much chemistry, so much history between these two women, and it would really all come down to this. A expressed aggressive side by Kyrie Sane, as we have come to see in her confrontations with Shayna. But Shayna Baszler's badassery knows no bounds, and it knows no lengths to what she will go to to torture an opponent. Kyrie Sane's arm decked out in what I can only describe at this point as Cesaro tape. I know it's really called Brock tape or something, but it's just personal colloquialism of mine. Kyrie decked out in the Cesaro tape. You know that spells bad news for her shoulder and her elbow, and those things can all be decom. They could be taken out of commission at any moment when you're in the ring with the submission magician and queen of spades, Shayna Baszler. Shayna has taken out Dakota Kai on many occasions with a stomp to that elbow, and Kyrie Sane would almost be victim to this same fate. But Io Shirai able to make the save just in time. Would it be considered a save? Yes, because it's either suffer the slight disqualification and lose your elbow, or or you continue fighting on in a championship matchup, fighting even more of an uphill battle than Kyrie normally would when she's in the ring with Shayna Baszler. So Io Shirai able to rescue a damaged Kyrie Sane, but would cost her in the process. Shayna Baszler would be victorious through disqualification victory. Kyrie Sane's last attempt and last granted opportunity at the NXT Women's Championship would end in a disqualification, but Io Shirai and Shayna Baszler are not done. This is not over. This is another long-lasting underdog-based rivalry where Shirai vows revenge in her best friend's name over Shayna Baszler. Kyrie Sane on the SmackDown roster now, Io Shirai picking up the pieces for her and redeeming her best friend on NXT. Shirai can be a credible next opponent for Shayna Baszler. We've seen the underdog story told with Kyrie Sane. This is a mix of that, but also the redemption angle thrown in here. I'm really liking where this NXT Women's Championship story can go. Lots of doors are being opened. Lots of new foundations and next rivalries are being set up for these next few weeks of NXT television, as well as the upcoming weeks moving towards the next TakeOver event, which at this point I'm going to presume is NXT TakeOver Toronto 2. I don't know if anything's going to happen before a a SummerSlam weekend. I'm really hoping we see another NXT UK 
exclusive takeover event, maybe put the shoe on the other foot. Maybe have an NXT North American match on the NXT United Kingdom takeover card. Give a little bit of dual brandship to uh, to an NXT United Kingdom takeover. Maybe flip the situation on its head a little bit and let's have the North American Championship defended at a United Kingdom-based event. I thought that would be... And that kind of sounds like a little bit of irony and fun that uh, that booking can take place for future takeover events. I am I'm all swept up in these next few weeks of NXT television. I'm also swept up in the hype for Kushida. Kushida will make his NXT television debut in two weeks. I'm guessing it'll be next week by the time this episode drops. But the first episode of May... Looking it up here. Yeah, May 1st on the nose will be Kushida's first NXT television display. Cannot wait to see what the Japanese star brings to the NXT brand. If there's one thing we can expect, it's great showings from NXT Japanese superstars while they are on the brand. Former NXT champion and Shinsuke Nakamura, the aforementioned Io Shirai, and Kairi Sane, Asuka's dominant reign, Need I Say More, as NXT Women's Champion, Hideo Itami, finding not exactly the same success as his counterparts, but still involved in some major hard-hitting matchups, such as facing Aleister Black at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 3. Really a match that I personally feel has flown under the radar in both Aleister and Hideo Itami's in-ring careers, so if that's your first time hearing about that matchup, check that one out as well, but I have nothing but high hopes for Kushida's ceiling in NXT. And, yeah, look at that. That's going to do things for me, keeping my show under an hour, as I generally tend to do. I like to give you guys an hour's worth of TV in just a little bit under an hour. I did have a little bit of takeover recap that I was able to throw in there, so this is a little bit longer than my usual show, but thank you so much, no matter how much you may have listened to it. Be sure to keep up the interactions with me. Give me a follow on Twitter at podcast underscore UF. Reach out to me there. It's my most active form of social media when it comes to the podcast. I answer all inquiries. I'll be live tweeting special events. I'll be reaching out to other podcasts and other content creators across the world of wrestling Twitter. It's really, really can be a great place to interact with proper other fans if you know exactly where to look and what meaningful contributions some people can make to social media. It doesn't happen often, but I like to keep a very positive timeline, and thank you guys so very much for being a part of that. Follow the Instagram at Undisputed Future Podcast, all one word. Been kind of slipping on that coverage too, but you'll see various wrestling memes. You'll see NXT announcements that I feel like really need to display more, and you'll see a couple pictures of Colin, also known as the Velveteen Dog. Hi, buddy. We're going to go for a walk real soon. Reach out on the Facebook. I'm really debating the idea of making a Facebook group for all NXT discussion, so give me your thoughts on that. But give me a like on the page. There is a general fan page for it. It's not the most active page in the world of social media, just because my personal feelings with Facebook. But any form of support I can get, I thoroughly appreciate. And of course, please rate and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platforms, whether that be iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, anything you can find on Android. 
Stitcher, CastBox FM, no matter how you're listening to this show, thank you so much for taking this time out of your day, on your commute, sitting at your desk while you're working and just need something playing in the background. I can't thank you enough. There is no me without you guys. There is no I in Team NXT. You guys helped me build this brand and I really cannot thank you enough. I'm really going to start putting up a web store. I want to get a Patreon going. While I'm going through this sort of slumping period in my personal life, this podcast is going to get a lot of my attention, which means wrestling fans, my fellow NXT maniacs, will get my undivided attention. Thank you guys so much for reaching out. Keep watching NXT television. There is no me without you. Have an excellent week. Enjoy the Superstar Shake-Up. I'm going to talk about that next week when we all figure out what brands everybody belongs to because I'm just scrolling through my phone while I'm recording this and I'm seeing things are getting undone and shaken up again. So uh, I'll be sure to include more of an in-depth NXT moving around shake-up-wise next week. Really a rough week to come back and do the show on, so I'm just going to keep thanking you guys for supporting me keep watching wrestling. This is CD, Danny Mac, the voice that is your choice for NXT discussion. Have a great week, and I will talk to you next time. <laughs>